The Pasuk says that uh, Rachel stole the idols from of Love and her father before they left. And it happened that Lavan then came running after them, trying to locate his idols and the family. And when he catches up to them, he tries uh, looking through all of their belongings, rummaging through their stuff, trying to find his idols. Eventually, he comes into the tent of Rachel, and Rachel was sitting on the trough, and that's how she was hiding them. And she says, she makes an excuse that she's not standing up for her father. She says, nashim hili, that I'm Anida. Since I'm right now, Anida was seemingly, it was uncommon for a woman to even stand up, to be close to a husband, to be close to her father, stand up at that time. And so that was her excuse for not, for not standing up, and that's how she was able to conceal uh, the idols under her body. And the question to think about is why in the world was Rachel able to lie in an outright way and to claim she was a Nido when she was not? And second of all, why did she really steal the idols to begin with? What was the purpose of all of this? So there's a beautiful insight for the Meshach Chachma. He explains that we find that Chazal saying in Sacha Shabbos that Avodah Zarah, they gave a din of Tumah, not just that it's forbidden and benefit, but they actually gave it a law of impurity, spiritual impurity. And it's Metame with contact, with Masav, and Mishka from Moshe, just like the Tumah of Anida. We find the scriptural reference to idols in a certain way, being like Nida. So the Rabbani gave it a din with Rabbani, and then it's Metame like Anida. So Rachel's words actually had a sense of literal truth to them, because she's saying, I can't stand up, because I have the thing of Tumah. Not that it might be inside my body, literally, but my body is sitting on the Tomas Nida, it's sitting on the idol. So there was actually a sense of literal truth in her words, and she was not saying an outright lie. Meshachamwan then takes this one step further. He says, We find in Mesachas Avodazar that there's a concept of Bittal Avodazar, nullification of Avodazar. How does nullification of Avodazar work? So, the simplest way is if the guy stops believing in his idol and he does something that destroys the idol, destructive, he takes like a hammer and he chops a part of it off, that clearly shows it's manifest that he doesn't believe in it anymore and the idol then becomes mudzer and benefit. But even if he doesn't do something to destroy the idol, let's say something happens to the idol that changes the, the non-Jew's mentality about the way he thinks of his idol, his association with it, it could also be a bit of. So an example that's mentioned in the Gemara is that if somebody steals an idol, then the victim says to himself, he says, my idol can't protect me because look, it can't even protect itself. It got stolen. It couldn't stand up to the thieves. Well, and certainly it has no business being uh, God. It can't protect me. It's worthless. And he stops believing in it. So as soon as it gets stolen, we assume that there's a bitl from the owner. Even though he didn't do anything physically to the structure of the idol, we assume that there was a din of bitl. So really, when Rachel stole the trough from Lavan, any rational person should follow that and should be mavatal. He should give up on his idols. But that's not what happened. Lovin comes in and he's looking and searching for his idols. So he's rummaging through all this stuff, desperately trying to find them. So once that happened, the Pasuk says, once we see that Lovin is desperately trying to find them, we see he has irrational and he's totally nothing here in his mind makes any sense. He's thinking of his idols still as gods when clearly they can't protect themselves. How are they going to protect him? At that point, Rachel's words actually make sense. They're still Avodazara. They're still Madama Benida. It was the act of Lovan searching and running through it that actually made the validity in Rachel's words. Had Lovan not been running through his finders Avodazara, had he not been searching for it, then we would have assumed them to be bottled and nullified and they wouldn't have had the Tumar, the Isra Hana, and then Rachel actually would not have been able to say wouldn't have been literally true. But since he was looking for it, so it wasn't bottle, it still had its dinab of a desire, as metame, as a nida. So therefore the word, there was truth in the words of Kidarak Nashim, he lee. But then let's take this one step further. This may have been Rachel's very intent of why she stole the idols. Because the Shvat, the, the Medrash describes that although Yaakov may not have been personally influenced by Lavan's ways. We know Tyreg Mitzvah Shamarti Yaakov was able to observe all the Torah and Mitzvahs when he went in Beis Lavan. But the Shvatim, the Shifteka, who were raised by, in, their, in, the grandfather, in, their, in their grandfather's home, Beis Lavan, there was a certain amount of influence that they felt from Lavan. They looked up to Lavan. Lavan may not have been the best person, but after all said and done, he was a brilliant man, a cunning, 
deceptive, but very smart, very smart man. And there was some element of pride that the Shvatim had when they thought about love. And Rachel wanted to purge that from Klaizel. She wanted to think that we should, everyone should realize how senseless their grandfather can be. How the smartest man, when he becomes so into and infatuated with Abodazar, can completely lose their mind. How was she able to show the Shvatim this? Because she stole them. And she knew her father would come running after them. And that would prove how ludicrous he was. How his mind just didn't work rationally. Because any rational person says, if the idols can't protect themselves, then obviously why would I want them for myself? That's what every person says. That's what the Gemara Abodazar is saying. When Lavan still comes running after it, it proves to the Shvatim that their grandfather Lavan, that they were once so proud of and so and they thought of him as being such a smart guy, actually he's not so smart to it. He's not so smart to begin with. And the truth is, what it's such a powerful lesson for all of us to realize because we have so many times where we get so into things. You know, we call that the small amount of remnants of Abdurazar that we still have left today. And we get into things, whether it's whatever it is, whatever fashion, hobbies, whatever it is that we're into, entertainment. And then there's a certain, a fine line between like, I'm into this, this is good, I enjoy this. And then a fine line that is crossed where we get senseless, where we lose our minds, where we get so irrational in our desperation to have something that is not there. When we think that something is important to us and is taken away from us, it's stolen. Instead of realizing that the fact that it was stolen might and not part of us might actually be a tremendous blessing, we get senseless and irrational and we'll do anything we could possibly do to try to find it and get it back in our lives. And it's exactly meant to be a, a red flag to ourselves, to wake up and say, wait a second, if it can't protect itself, maybe I really don't need it either. And that concept, the concept of a desire that's stolen, a person still trying to rummage through it, proving how they've lost their mind, that itself was the, the chizuk to the shvatim, seeing love and look desperately for his avodazara, went to the objective mind, clearly it was worth nothing, that was exactly the intent of Rachel and Menu trying to be mechazikos, ali yidin lome olamim, that we don't need all this end, we don't need all the idols uh, in our lives to feel close to our Baruch Hu.